to uh, begin today uh, by uh, actually continuing uh, a little bit of what we did last week. So last week we talked about the new you. Everybody say the new you. Uh, so so uh, what God did in and through Christ for us uh, made us brand new beings, a whole uh, different uh, species, if you will. We are uh, a peculiar people. We're not what we used to be. And so last week I spent a little bit of time talking about the old you so you could recognize uh, the difference of, of where you are today. And we just ended with talking about us uh, being born again. And uh, so, so what I do want to say is that, again, a repeat, is that uh, God could not uh, renovate, he could not uh, restore, he could not, uh, uh, you know, do a tune-up on what you used to be. Uh, this was something that uh, could not be fixed. Uh, you had to be uh, done away with. Therefore, uh, you were crucified and annihilated and done away with, buried died and are gone and what was raised was raised with christ you understand uh, then then as you were raised with christ sat down at the right hand of the father uh, this is not it has nothing there's no match there's no uh, measuring you to the old you to the new you you understand uh, it is so far different, so uh, far reaching and magnificent, uh, this new person that you are, uh, that, that uh, it's going to take us probably uh, uh, eternity, you know, uh, to, to know all that we are. But in, in him uh, is where this took place. And uh, so, so I wanted to talk about that dynamic uh, that, uh, that today we, we left off last week. I'm going to begin there. Uh, we had quoted uh, John uh, chapter 3 and verse 3 where Jesus is talking to one of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Um, this is the, um, I've been using the English Standard Version. It says, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus is, uh, it's interesting that that word truly, truly is, is actually uh, a word that's translated in, the, in that language in Greek is, is amen. Isn't that interesting? So when you're saying amen, uh, just so you know, it's not just a great, cool, fancy word for ending a prayer. No, it's what you're saying is this is truth. So basically it is a word that you are declaring out of your mouth, uh, that's the way it is. Truth. So you're applying your faith to that thing for which you have prayed. But here it's also used in the word truth. Jesus, you, it's, it's crazy. Jesus has to say, uh, this is true. You know, of course it's true. You're saying it. You're God manifest in the flesh, you know. So, so, but he said truly, truly or truth, truth. Um, but it would sound weird, right? Because we're so used to saying at the end of something, amen, amen. But it means the same thing. Truth. Praise God. Everybody say truth. Praise God. They shall know the truth and it shall make them free. And so here, here he's saying, this is truth. I say to you, unless one is born again, and we mentioned this, is that it, unless you are born again, brand new, made new, or refathered from above, you can't see the kingdom of God. Uh, so, so this is uh, a statement that we use and call this rebirth, uh, being born again. There's two spiritual fathers. Either Satan's your dad or God is. Jesus called out the Pharisees. He said, you are of your father the devil. He just really didn't read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> that had to hurt those religious people's feelings, isn't that right? 
He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the works of your father you were due. And then he would tell them all kinds of stuff. You were like whitewashed sepulchers, all clean on the outside, but of dead bones on the inside. But he's talking about your inner man, and they didn't really understand that. And we see that, that, that here Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He's one of those who's supposed to be teaching and leading. And Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. And he said some really crazy thing. How can I enter the second time into my mother's womb? Jesus is like, what? He said, flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. He said, you should not be surprised that I'm telling you this. You should know this. And so he's saying that unless you're refathered from above spiritually, praise God. The wind blows where it, in King James, it's one of the most King James passages in the Bible. The wind bloweth, bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof. And hence not knowest where it goeth or where it cometh. Can you imagine trying to share the gospel like that? People are like, what? <laughs> but he said, so it is uh, those who are born of the Spirit. And so we're talking about the unseen man, the hidden man of the heart, the Bible calls it, that is born again. So this part of your being, your spirit being, the real you, incidentally, Jesus saying, unless a man is born again, is calling you as a man. Incidentally, I'll say this to all the ladies. When the Bible uses man, it's talking about human, the human race. So it isn't just a book for men, just so you know. Human race. So unless a person, I'll just say, is born again. So in saying that, Jesus is calling the person, the actual real you, the spirit. It is that person, the spirit man, that gets born again. You understand? Okay. So, so we, we uh, um, actually put a lot of stock in our, our bodies. You know, we spend a lot of time looking at ourselves, pushing ourselves, pulling hairs out of ourselves and, and uh, you know, trying to color our hair and curl our hair, straighten our hair, right? Tan our skin, stay out of the sun so it don't get any more. You know, all these things. We think a lot of our flesh, don't we? We just really put a lot of stock in it. Then we'll do surgery on it when it starts sagging, you know. We tighten it up, put a clothespin behind our head, and it pulls it back, you know. And uh, it's like, wow, you sure look young. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. a lot of stuff we really actually we don't realize it but we really are looking at our body like it's us but it isn't us it's just our earth suit i could take this jacket off and and put it back there and and it wouldn't be me i didn't lose me i just it took something off and same thing when we step out of these bodies we didn't lose us we just stepped out of our body isn't that right and so we need to start thinking biblically concerning ourselves. And uh, we're talking about the new you. Well, the new you isn't necessarily that you look different physically, but you are totally a, a different being spiritually. You with me? You're not the you you used to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, same translation, English standard, says, therefore, if anyone, how many anyones are here today? Oh, man, everybody's an anyone. Just raise your hand if you don't realize. Everybody is an anyone. Everyone. says, if anyone is in Christ. Everyone say, in Christ. So this particular statement, in Christ, you guys, is the Pauline doctrine. 
his doctrine revolved around this preposition and Christ. In Christ. It's used, um, some say 130, others 160 times. And said different ways. In whom, in him, with whom, through whom. This all speaking of the same thing. And uh, in uh, the translators uh, New Testament, these uh, these guys helped other people who translated the Bible into other languages. Uh, they gave instructions about what to be careful for. For for instance, like uh, eternal life, for instance. That they said, be careful to, that you don't just draw attention to an endless duration of time when, when in actuality eternal life is a quality of life that can be experienced even now in the earth. And, and so, so in, in this particular uh, uh, translation in the back, they're giving those kind of instructions for specific words. And in the statement of in Christ, uh, says this phrase is found more than 160 times in the Pauline writings. Life in Christ represents a new life principle. And the phrase may be regarded as a technical term in Pauline theology. Christ crucified and raised from death is thought of as the sphere, the atmosphere in which by the power of the Holy Spirit, believers think and act. Thus, the phrase describes the life of the Christian in intimate fellowship with Christ through faith. Further on, it says the formula in Christ is a rich and comprehensive one. And probably for this reason, most translations have retained it rather than risk under translating it. So he's basically telling them, don't get fancy with this statement. It stands on its own and it has too much power in and of itself for us to mess up translating this differently. In him we have redemption through his blood. We are in him. Everybody say, I'm in him. So he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you realize that you, uh, before getting born again, that doesn't exist? The you you used to be uh, was dead, is dead and lifeless. But we have thought of ourselves as either a body or a mind. A man is a spirit, as we have said. He has a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. The Greek word is, is suke, where we get the word psychiatrist from. But you are not a mind. I don't care what religion said you were. You are not just a mind, you are a spirit being. You have a mind, and you have a will, and you have emotions. They are fickle. I said they are fickle. If you live in your mind, you will go crazy. Because your mind uh, wants this one day and that the other. And I, my beautiful wife, she's not here to defend herself, it makes me free to say whatever I want. But I mean, in the summer, uh, she wants to make our house a meat locker. In the winter, a sauna. Is that right? Does any gentleman know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's because, I don't know, their bodies they just don't have a large window. You know, you have to keep it. And, and uh, uh, for me, I'll come in when it's 105 outside. And, it's, and if it's 70 degrees in the house, I'm like, whoa, huh? it's cold, you know. But, my, but, but I'm just saying, uh, she feels that she has to do that. That's both physical and natural. How about us, gentlemen? How about us? Uh, is is uh, uh, one day uh, we, we, we love our wives, and another day, you know, uh, you know she's, uh, you know, Satan. <laughs> yeah. 
And you're like, fickle. Our minds are fickle, right? So that's why we can't rely on our minds. We can't rely on it because it will take you places that you should not go. And, and, and then if your mind is totally given to listening to this thing, then you're really in trouble. And so we have to, to realize who we really are and live from that position in Christ. In Him, we live and move and have our being. This is how it's to be. Isn't that right? And uh, so, so uh, basically, if I was to say it this way, maybe it helped, is that you are saved. In other words, you're born again. You are saved. You can't get any more righteous than you already are. You're being saved because the Bible says, in your patience possess ye your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And you will be saved. One day, Jesus will return, right? And our bodies will be swallowed up of life in the rapture. And we'll get a new glorified body. Isn't that right? And if, if we don't, if we, if we uh, die a natural death, then we go and, and be with the Lord. And then one day, Jesus will come and our bodies will be changed. Isn't that right? And we get our glorified bodies. Hallelujah. But I am a spirit, first and foremost. Made in the image of God. I'm just like him. I am not him, but I'm just like him. Y'all with me? All right. I'm hoping I'm helping somebody today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, this is the Amplified Bible, the classic edition, which was the original. And then they made another Amplified Bible, called it an Amplified Bible, and decided to change the original Bible to the classic edition by name. Just so you know, if you're confused and you get in there, and your translation and go, wait, this is a different translation. It's actually, this would be the classic, okay? So in verse 16, consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view. In terms of natural standards of value, no, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. So we are to know how many people after the flesh? No one. No one. So they're saying, well, we did know Christ after the flesh. You know, uh, this is, uh, you know, he's saying we, we did know he existed uh, in a body and we knew him that way. But no longer do we know him that way. We are not to know anyone that way. So guess what? That means you are not to know yourself that way. You hear what I'm saying? You're not to know yourself in this way. To estimate Lower your estimation of yourself by thinking of yourself as a body and a mind. When you are a spirit being, you are superhuman. Nobody is just human. Don't ever say that about yourself. I'm only human. No, that's what the world says, but they don't know. We are not only human. We are superhuman in Christ Jesus, set down at the right hand of God. We dwell and live in the creator of all things. How could you be only human or even say that out of your mouth or release that out of your mouth? You are not just a human. You're an offspring of God himself. And he has eternally linked himself and joined himself to you in so much that everything he does, everything he expresses of himself, he will do it through us, the church. That's what the scriptures tell us. I still can't get my head around it, but guess what? I am not a head. I am a spirit. There's so many things I can't get my head around, just to be honest. 
I just, I, it's very difficult to understand that God has always existed. We are finite created beings. He is not. But somehow, some way, he has decided in his sovereignty to join himself to us. For eternity. Woo! <laughs> no, you are not only human. You are amazing. Created in the image of God. Praise God. How do you measure that? We cannot. In verse 17, we know this very familiar with this. So, so it comes out of saying we don't know him any longer like this. In other words, Christ, we don't know him after the flesh. And then it says, therefore, therefore. You always want to know what therefore is therefore. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Woo! You don't exist the way you used to exist. He, she is gone. He, she is gone. Isn't that wonderful? I was so thankful as a, as a, I remember as a, I was raised Catholic, right? And, and I, I always felt like, man, if I could just start over. I've, I've screwed this thing up so bad. I wish I could just start over with a clean slate. And then I got born again. I didn't know that it wasn't taught to me that, that that's what would happen if I got born again. I didn't even know you needed to be born again. That's a dangerous way to live religiously without being born again. Because being religious doesn't help you one bit. Only a new creation. And that's what Paul said. All that matters is a new creation. <laughs> well, it's pretty big when you find out what that means. Man, I'm, I'm brand new. I'm altogether new. And, and then verse 18, it goes into verse 18. It says, but all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. So we get into this program, and then our aim, now that we've been enlightened, is to get everybody else in. I didn't know these things when I got saved. All I knew is this was burning in my heart, is this is so good, this is so amazing, I must tell everyone. <laughs> and I began to tell everybody, all my pothead, dope friends, crazy acid drinking, grump, you know, I'm people of Jack Daniels, Big Gulp, loading live bombs. At Nellis. Yes, if you've lived here for over 30 years, your life was in danger. <laughs> but God set me free. I'm, I just had to tell them. My, my friends were like, what is wrong? What is wrong? There's something in your eyes. And I'd look in the mirror. I'm like, I'm not sure what they see. But they would see Jesus. I was no longer ruled by this world or the flesh. And God has made us free people. We are a very unique, peculiar people. We are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And God will show himself through you when you let him. Praise God. I wanted to, to share um, A.J. Gordon in the book In Christ. He wrote a book. You can actually buy the book or you can, uh, it's PDFs are available online. Um, and... Uh, and this whole passage is so good, I'm going to limit it to a small portion of it. Um, it says this, uh, A.J. Gordon. 
and oh, and uh, Pastor Mark quotes a part part of this. And last time I was with Pastor Mark, he asked if I would give him um, credit for telling me that A.G. Gordon said this. Just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> I thought I would do it. That, I don't know if that helps anybody. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So marked is this latter fact that it has led some to speak of the events of the Christian life as affording a striking parallel to those of Christ. But there is no parallel. Parallels never meet. While the very glory and mystery of the believer's life is that it was one with the Savior's and inseparable from it, it is not a life running alongside his in taking shape and direction from it. It is his life reenacted in his followers. The reproduction in them of those events which are immortal in energy and limitless in application. I know that escapes many of us. But what happened in Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is continuously being lived through us. Isn't that amazing? Not a parallel. You understand what a parallel is? Buffalo and Tanea are in parallel, right? But they don't meet, right? So he's saying it's not uh, running parallel with Christ and him influencing us. It's us in him. And the energy and ev- of the event, the death, burial, and resurrection enacted in, in us is immortal and limitless. You are not just human. You are immortal. You hear that word, mm, immortal. We are immortal, not physically. We are eternal beings made in the image of God to affect not just this world and not the ones to come, but for eternity and forever. Difficult to get that in the head. No, you haven't always been, but you always will be in him who has always been. And to affect this world while you're on it in this earth suit to affect this world for his glory and his power. And so what is it that we should be afraid of? There is nothing that we should be afraid of because we're in him. Colossians, oops, just for a second, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 3 and 4, this is the New King James Bible. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So we have in Christ and in him in these two passages. So, so this position in him uh, you were actually chosen in him before the foundation of the world. So it doesn't matter if you were conceived in the back of a Chevy. God never says, uh-oh, or wow, or what are we going to do with him? You understand? And so when you get in him, uh, you get in the one he intended for you to get in before the foundations of the world. Jesus Christ was crucified before the foundations of the world, the scripture says. Therefore, he saw you in him. Before the foundation of the world. When he saw you, he looks at you, he saw you and thought of you before everything took place. You are not a, wow, a last minute decision. Nobody in the room. Everybody was known before you were conceived. 
So his purpose, his plan for you was written down and that your steps would be ordered and planned out in Christ Jesus that you would have your effect and do the good works that he intended for you to do from this high position at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. In him. Isn't that something? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you have every spiritual blessing. What is it that you lack? Nothing. Every spiritual blessing. I don't even think any of us in this room have the ability to comprehend what that means. All we know is we got it all. I got all that I need. I got all that I need. That means whether we're, we're here in this great you know, country, the United States of America, enjoying um, the wonderful blessings that so many of us enjoy, having our closets filled with clothes and shoes and underwear and the drawers and all that kind of stuff. You know, we got it all naturally. We have cars and AC and we have wonderful things, right? But we have no more than the person who's suffering and being persecuted in prison in North Korea. And being beaten every day. Because that which is of value in God's eyes is different. And so when you think, oh, I just wish I had more. I wish I had some things. You have all that you need that pertain to life and godliness because you have every spiritual blessing has been imparted to you. Everything that you need in him, that's all you need. To change any condition, to change any circumstance, to make this world obey the powers that created it. We're going to talk about that more next week. But you are in him. You are not normal. You are not just human. Colossians chapter 3 verses 9 and 11 9 through 11, rather, English standard. It says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Uh, So this has pretty much leveled the playing field when it comes to us, the body of Christ, We are all in him. We are all qualified. We are all doing what he's called us to do. No one is better than someone else, even though we are commanded to consider each other as such. It's called walking in love. That we are to get over ourselves in every way. Whether you think you're something or you think you're nothing, get over all of it. Recognize your position in him and think soberly of yourself and then walk in the earth being a blessing and demanding that which God has commanded you to demand. In other words, that we speak to circumstances, situations of life that aren't in line with him. Our kids, our children, our husbands, our wives, everything, our jobs, our bosses, our co-workers, everything must align itself because you are in charge. You are not less than any other believer. You are not more. You are just called to let his love and life and liberty flow through you in a mighty way and see yourself soberly. But we don't let no demons and devils dictate.
speaking to us. No matter who they're riding on, you know, humans, I'll just say it, even Christians can Uber demons. But as a believer, when you're walking in love, that doesn't affect you. You say, aw. <laughs> I love you, man. Just here, covered. To the unaffected, immovable. Because I see who I am. I know who I am. I know where I'm seated. I know what God's called me to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we put off the old us. We put off the old us. Because that's not me anymore. Well, you used to do this. You used to do that. Well, that's a different person. That isn't, that's, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yeah, the dead. The dead, Andy. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he used to smoke weed. He used to chase girls. He used to drink alcohol. He used to cuss like a sailor, you know, or an airman. He used to. <laughs> I was in the Air Force. I, I mean, it was it was a, that it wasn't even me. He's dead. We crucified him, did away with him. So this is a different person, and this person, you know, has been tempted to cuss. I ain't gonna lie. You know, I'm just gonna say it. There are just not enough hand signals when you're driving in Las Vegas. <laughs> not Christian hand signals. Just you know, you know. But what I've done is I've put off that old person. See, see, see being born again, uh, everything is of God. I've got everything going on here, but my, my soul, my mind, will, and emotions still has baggage. Baggage. And we have to be mindful of what we put in there because, because you'll find yourself doing things you used to do, that old person used to do, if you feed this thing the wrong thing. It'd be garbage in, garbage out. You understand? And so even though that's not who you are, you can be doing things that look more like your old man than the new man because you're functioning from the old man's thoughts and not the new man's thoughts. And you're not clothing yourself with the new man. You're putting on an old raggedy suit from the old guy. Praise the Lord. So how do you do that? Well, you put it off. You speak the word. You declare the word. Y'all with me? Amen. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody say, the old me's dead. <laughs> Second Corinthians uh, chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse, verses 16 through 17. And this is the ESV again. It says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So again, our outer self is wasting away, and we, we try to slow it down. We cream it. We tuck it. We, we diet it. We work out it. We do all these details, you know, to try and make it last longer. But it is, you know, we just have to admit, you may get 100 years out of it. I don't know. Uh, but either way, it is diminishing. Yeah, it's immortal. It's death doomed, right? And, uh, uh, but our inward man gets renewed every single day. Isn't that amazing? Refreshed, strengthened, glory to God. Hallelujah. And so we, we definitely put off 
put away our old ways, our old thinking. And uh, Ephesians 4.24 says, And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what we're putting on is something that looks more as God would look. Isn't that right? Righteousness and true holiness. He said, be holy as I am holy. And so we are, are putting off those old thinking thoughts in those, those kind of ways. Praise the Lord. I don't know if, if you have, um, uh, if anybody here has ever been in the world at all and done things in the world, and then you, you find yourself uh, walking through an area uh, that maybe one of those things starts talking to you, you know, uh, whether it be uh, for me, if I'm in an environment, all of a sudden somebody smoking weed, I'm like, oh, there's one of my old friends back in the day, you know, oh, my goodness, that's crazy. I had a friend of mine, he was chewing in Copenhagen and, and man, that smell, I was like, really, really flesh, you're going to do this? You're going to think I'm going to go, go down like that? I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not going down like that. Walked by alcohol in the store. It's talking to me. He's like, come, come, come to me. I'm like, shut up. So you talk back to this stuff. Because your body is not saved. I'm just going to tell you. Gentlemen, your body is not saved. Ladies, your body is not saved. So your body actually desires what's contrary to your spirit. So you have to keep a leash on it, you know? And so when, when your body starts saying stuff, you just say, shut up. Don't be deceived and thinking, oh, that's what you're thinking. Because you are a spirit being and, and, and hold within your heart the dictates of God and the desires of God. And so you, you go back into there and say, Mm-mm. I bind that in Jesus' name. I'm not yielding to that in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And many other fleshly things that the enemy would try and deceive you with. Praise God. So we put those things off, put on the new self made in the image of God. In Galatians 3.27, it says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we wear him around like clothes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. In... uh, in uh, Romans chapter 6, we're going to go there. I didn't get there this morning in the first service, but I'm thankful I got here. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm dead to sin. And alive unto God. Glory to God. So there is a very popular opinion um, in in the the body of Christ and Christianity, uh, that, well, everybody's going to sin. And it's like, no, that's not what the Bible says. You can go weeks, months without sinning. And what, what happens is, is that uh, when you're in the mindset that, well, there's nothing you can do, you, we're all going to do it, so what's, what's the point then? What should you do? You should just give in to it. No, that's not what this says. Sin destroys. Sin, when it's in full birth, it causes death. So why would God uh, send his son to hell and suffer for our sins and bring him out of that place and, and set him at his right hand and put you in him just so you could continue doing what you were doing? Business as usual. Well, you don't have to do that. I'm telling you, you are not obligated to, to live the dictates of your body or your unrenewed mind. 
you have the ability to access this life that's on the inside of you and walk free from sin, where it has no more control over you. You can actually act right, living from the inside. In him we live and move and have our being. That means that you love your wife, you love your husband, that you honor and respect. Your words towards them are loving and kind and uplifting and gracious. And we're not looking at other girls' bodies, gentlemen. We're not, we're not going, ooh, hurting your wife's feelings in her heart. You don't think she notices? Praise the Lord. It gets awfully quiet in this Holy Ghost church. <laughs> no, we don't have a right to do that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, the, the way that um, some people dress obviously are provocative, you know, and uh, but it doesn't, you know, the saying that, you know, hey, I, I, I can look at the menu, but I don't have to order is like, look, you don't have a right to look at the menu. Yeah. Yeah. The restaurant is closed when you got married. Yeah. And you got your own smorgasbord at home. And you go after it and have a good time. Go out your mind. But that's it. That right there, that is it. Lady centering your husband. It's that we give ourselves to our spouses. Praise the Lord. And if you haven't uh, made a covenant with a person, then you don't have the right to do that. And so we keep ourselves as a result. Even if you're not married, you can't be doing that. You can't be going, you know, you can't be doing that. You're feeding your flesh. You have to be guard your, your eyes all the more if you don't have a place to express. Everybody with me? And here we are talking about putting off something, putting on something else. It comes from the inside. When you know who you are in Christ and you live in a consciousness of that, those things are fading and they dissolve and you don't get pulled so easy to, into stuff. The enemy tries but you're like, Psh. did you know you can run a whole herd of naked girls through a graveyard and not one man?